welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast with Kyle Krieger and Wilkie Law, where we're sharing inspiring stories of educators just like yourself, helping you to develop your craft and sharpen your tools to become the teacher your students deserve. This is the Value Adds Value podcast. Let's jump into this next episode. Fam, welcome to Value Adds Value, a podcast for educators. My name is Kyle Krieger. I want to just give you a quick intro into this episode. So, um, this is one of the first episodes we've had in quite a long time without a teacher, a guest that's not a teacher, but we should qualify who this person is. Um, been our friend, especially my friend, a long time uh, since 2012. Uh, I met Ben when he started uh, started doing CrossFit, he was a coach there, been friends with him, um, uh, gonna be gonna be in my wedding, uh, and just a guy whose opinion I really value, and we just felt like we needed to bring in some different perspectives, and when we talk about holding the standard, holding the line, he's a person uh, that helps me do that, uh, unlike most anyone else in my life, so... We really respect his opinion, and to be honest, we didn't even really get into what we were talking about, which is more of the holding a personal standard uh, and doing that, so hopefully we'll bring him back again soon, but that's why he's on here, and you know, the strangest thing we've been talking about with the podcast over these last few weeks that we started season three is that with each podcast, we get more questions than answers, which I hope is the point of having a podcast and having discussions on education. So we hope you enjoyed this episode uh, with our friend Ben Scoggin, and we'll uh, be back with you again soon. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode five of season three of Value Adds Value. And I just want to say there is like a 79% chance that things are going to get squirrely within the next like six minutes because I am joined by my guy, Wilkie V. Law the Third. Will, what's good? What's going on, man? Excited to be here. Excited, excited to be here, especially because today is your birthday. Thank you. This is my Happy birthday. birthday Kyle. Three, three, six, you know, big three, six, big three, six. So and I think it's you. crazy that our birthday, like we're literally 10 years apart, 10 yeah. years, five, almost days to apart. the day. Yeah. Almost yeah. to the day, 10 years it's apart. Crazy. So and one of you is definitely aging better than the other. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, oh, without, inspired. without, without further ado, that voice that you hear right there is, um, someone who's been on the podcast before, he uh, at one point has been uh, on the national kickboxing team. Uh, he has been a Marine reservist. He has been a CrossFit coach. He's currently doing jujitsu while studying uh, genetics and doing about 75 other things. So without further ado, Ben Scoggin, what's good? What's going on? I just want to make two corrections because I think you blew my intro a little bit out of proportion. Uh, the national kickboxing team thing there. I was surprised that you remember that. Um, I'd just like to point out it was light contact and I had to fight one guy to get on the team when I was 17. So wasn't that outstanding. Kyle's like, well, it still counts. Still uh, counts. I don't know. I don't know about 75 other things. I just, I need activities. I need goals and things to uh achieve i guess 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's great to be on here. Great to see you guys again. Um, yeah. Kyle, you live on the other side of the country, so it's good to be able to engage with you like this. Law, you mm-hmm. live about five miles away from me. It's uh, surprising that I haven't seen you in like a year, you know. But, hey, man, but hey. Yeah, we're here now. Like since February, you know, I saw my nieces for the first time face-to-face uh, Saturday. My sister came by and did a drive-by, and I got to see them since February, since like around Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, COVID really has done a lot to to keep people apart, but also I think it's been good for me to be indoors with my wife, learning her more uh, and learning more about myself. You know, so it's not a strike against you. You know, you know, you're one of those people that if whenever we're around each other, it's like we've been around each other forever. I would be scared to see what would happen if we actually hung out all the time. <laughs> I mean, we would probably put an end to world hunger, stop That's, all the wars across the country. I mean, I mean, around yeah, the world, yeah. like that type of stuff would come out of it. So, yeah. coming out of COVID, we need to make that commitment at least a, at least a quarterly camping trip or something. Yeah, I'm game. I'm already getting all my supplies together. Yeah, yeah. So to to uh, to explain why Ben is back on here. So two episodes ago, we were talking. Uh, about standards and how it's frustrating that across education there are not necessarily uniform standards and standards mean different things to different people. So we brought Ben on because Ben has been a friend for a long time and has been one of the people that has really helped me maintain a standard. Um, And he is a person who when he sets a standard, he keeps it. And he also has a background in the Marine Reserves which is also an interesting perspective. So, Will, why don't you kind of exp- – we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording, but, like, let's just kind of restart that conversation so everybody well, can get up to date on where we're at. The conversation had its beginning when we were talking about the fact that comp- looking at our educational system and how in the United States there is no one set standard for how every American should be taught. There is no universal across the board. Every teacher is going to be this way. Every student is going to learn this across the board because the government, the federal government gives the leniency to the states to do it. And then the question came up, can you call it a standard if it's not the same for everyone? If it changes from state to state, can it be a standard? And you were one of the first people that came to mind because number one, because of your military experience and just for, again, working with you, being around you, working with you, working out with you, you can see that your life is one. You just said you have to keep busy and stay active. And it's because you set those goals, which are standards, personal standards, we were talking about those, for yourself to say, I need to get these things accomplished, not based on anything else. And so we just want to kind of talk about that idea of setting those standards and how we can, as educators, do better at helping kids establish a standard that they can live by and live up to. Mm-hmm. And so you were talking there about uh, different standards from state to state, you know, um, which uh, would, would, so are you implying that, that a better answer would be a, a federal standard? So say Texas uses a star test and, and across the nation, we determined that, and I'm not saying it is or isn't, you know, y'all are more experts in the field of education than I am, but w- say we determine that the star test is, the best tool of evaluation for students 
across the country and we mm -hmm. and we put that in, into place would would that be a more ideal option than than state to state differences well i don't I, I don't necessarily know that it would be a more ideal option but it doesn't just extend to that like there is really no set standard across the country for what you have to do to even become a teacher like different states there are states that require you to have a master's mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there are states like texas that you have signs up on every freeway that says want to teach when can you start yeah and they'll expedite you through what is it like a one-year program one yeah one one two years depending you know so it's it's just and and we were on the topic especially of because a lot of in schools the thing is we want to maintain high standards everywhere that's something uniformly across the country that you will hear people say mm -hmm. we want to maintain high standards but I really liked in terms of that, the reference you were making to when you're working with guys in your unit talking about, you know, it, the standard can't necessarily be the same for everybody or, or what it takes to achieve the standard can't be the same for everybody. And that's, and that's really sort of what I wanted to ask you about what we were talking about earlier, you, you started talking about standards as a baseline. So could you kind of just elaborate on what you were saying about standards are just a baseline when it comes to the military? Yeah, I kind of want to, I'll touch on a couple of things that you said and hopefully I'll bring it all together. And if I don't, you, um, you tap me and let me know, but you were, um, so as far as the military and I'll, I want to try and, and for the audience, you know, um, my, my military experience was like four years in the Marine Corps reserves and I'm in something called the individual ready reserve. And, um, without getting too, too deep into that, it's, it's what I would consider a limited amount of experience, but it gave me good perspective of a very structured and organized environment. Um, now what I was talking about before we started recording was that we have standards, we have a minimum baseline that everyone has to hit. Um, and, with those standards, it has to be something attainable yet challenging, right? And, and the, the incremental goals that each individual Marine, or say you're in the Navy, if you're a sailor or in the Army, a soldier, there's incremental goals that you, that you have to set for you yourself in order to hit that standard, right? Um, now, you were saying uh, across the nation with teachers, the standard is varying from a master's degree to a teacher certification right yeah um and and to to just make it clear for myself and for the audience because i'm sure that there's teachers out there that don't have perspective of the country where say in one state you would have to get your undergrad and then your master's and potentially some some shadowing experience and some sort of uh some sort of entrepreneur or not entrepreneur uh, apprenticeship uh and and say the state of texas could i potentially have a high school diploma and then you have to have at least a bachelor's at least a bachelor's, bachelor's. So, so the standard is less but nationwide right. uh but you know you might have somebody that has a master's degree and somebody with a bachelor's and maybe they can teach to the same level maybe they can't but the standard is different right obviously there's there's a higher and a lower standard there um so first off, if you, you would, maybe this is the answer, maybe, the, maybe 
this isn't nationwide, but you know, we kind of hit this a little earlier. Would you want to meet somewhere in the middle to challenge those at a lower standard to step up a little bit, right? But still yet making it attainable because you know, you've got in the military, everyone knows about, you know, the, the SEAL teams and the Green Berets and things like that, but that's not attainable for everybody in the military. So if you set that standard so high, you won't have a sufficient military force. And in the same regard, if you do that with educators, everyone nationwide has to have a master's, has to have a master's degree. That might not be attainable for educators, right? And so then our already insufficient pool of educators is gonna shrink even more, right? So you want a high standard, but you really have to, uh, if, if you wanna look at it from a nationwide perspective, you have to really look at the statistics and determine what is gonna be challenging, right? And yet still attainable. We wanna push people, but not so far that it's something out of reach. You know, if you, Kyle, you talked about the fitness thing, you know, I want you to be able to run a mile faster. But a four minute mile might not be attainable, you know, maybe for Usain Bolt, but perhaps not for you, or perhaps not in a timely enough manner, right? So before I kind of dive down this rabbit hole even further, what would you all say to that? Well, I, 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 I get where you're saying, I love the attainable but challenging. Um, but one thing that I'm looking at is, let me just throw a question back at you. If I'm at Fort Bliss, if I'm stationed to Fort Bliss and I'm going in for basic training, and then, and then Kyle is stationed at Fort Hood, is that training that they're going to receive going to be the same? So that if Kyle and I were to come together in combat, we know that there are certain things that we both, the basics we know, there's a set military standard for our training that mm -hmm. we've both gone through. Mm -hmm. Right now, what we're saying in education, there is no set standard across mm -hmm. the board nationwide. There, there are suggestions mm -hmm. for teacher effectiveness. There are best, best practices. Best practices yeah. is what they call them. Yeah. But there's no set standard. So I get what you're saying about the four-minute mile, but if we're saying let's take the average of saying, okay, everybody should be able to do this in basic training. I, I've had friends who've gotten kicked out of the military because they, they could not meet the, the basic minimum in, tra in basic training. Mm -hmm. You know, they couldn't get under the weight or they couldn't, they couldn't run the, run the, run the mile in what they could have done. They couldn't do the sit-ups. And so that prevented them because there was something that says, if you can't do this thing, you should not be a part of what we're doing because yeah. it's only going to get worse. It's going to, the expectation is going to go up higher from here. Mm -hmm. So I understand what you're saying. Uh, and I agree with you. Uh, you shouldn't, what I'm saying is not, I'm not trying to argue for lowering the standard. So it makes it more attainable. When I say attainable, you don't, you know, like I used with the, the special forces versus the normal conventional forces, you know, the, the 18 year old coming in off the street, who's going to be in a, a rifle company. Um, and the guy that's been in for, you know, or going through a special forces selection program, 
there's there's different standards here there right and you're saying um we shouldn't we shouldn't lower the standard to the point that makes it attainable for everybody right we should make it attainable yes but it should be challenging so that that it it helps with the selection process and eliminating people that don't have a baseline set of standards and yes you know i remember going through training in quantico and there were um, the, the officer program is a little bit different from the enlisted program with us. Um, they, they basically gave you opportunities. If you don't want to do this, here's your out. You know, it's not, Hey, we're going to push you through this. No matter what you sign the paper. If, if you want out of this, here's your out and you can go because you haven't met the standard. So you're saying you want a standard that can help weed out, if you will, those that that are deemed unfit to educate well and think of it this way and like what you're saying there too i did not get a real immersive classroom experience until my very last semester before before graduation mm -hmm. so how would i like you said with your training in quantico you were getting a feel for what the job actually was yeah and when you had those outs you could have taken them well, the, the, the thing in Quantico is more on the individual level. Right. Um, so you're, you're talking about your individual experience as the one receiving the education in school. You didn't feel like it, it was sufficient until that last year of high well, school. Well, no, I'm talking about my last year of college. So like okay, I okay. went through all of my teacher prep and I didn't get a real experience of what the classroom was like until my very last semester. So we okay. have these kids who are spending three years of college plus learning all these things, but not actually getting a feel for what, what the classroom is like. And I love what you were saying about like to Wilkie's point, because there is such variance between effectiveness of teachers. And what we want to do is, is to just raise the level of effectiveness of teachers so that every kid is getting great teaching. Mm -hmm. And the thing with it too, is it's like, you can't just like Wilkie's point where if, if he was training at Fort Bragg and I was training at wherever you were in North Carolina, wherever, what was the name of the, ba the base you were at? Quantico, Virginia, but no, yeah. but well you, but you were stationed in North Carolina for a while, right? Yeah. For about a year we were. Yeah. Out. So anyway, like bases that were of similar, you know, those soldiers should theoretically be able to fit into units. That's not the way it is with, with teachers. You can't just say like, I'm going to go to this school and it'll be the same experience. Mm -hmm. um, and not that you should, cause schools are different, but the quality of, I just feel like there shouldn't be such a roller coaster of quality. Like there should be a yeah. bell curve, but. Let me ask a question. And this just came. So is the standard setting that we're seeking more in the preparedness than in the actual standards for the for for learning. Right now, it sounds like y'all are hitting more of the preparedness. You're y'all right now. Y'all are focusing more on the the standard for the educator versus the standards that they have to hold when delivering information to their students. Mm -hmm. And. I I think both are necessary. Oh, 100%. Like when I, when we, when you first go to Quantico to officer candidate school, or if you go to camp Pendleton for boot camp, 
it's based on the individual, you know, there's standards set for the individual and then it, it begins to grow from there to you and your buddy pair and you and your fire team of four and then you of your squad and then your platoon, your company, so on and so forth. Right. But it starts with the, and it has to start with the education of the individual, but then moving forward from there, you have to look at the, the standards that that for in y'all's case, the educator has to hold going forward. Right. So you want, you want y'all are, y'all are, I don't want to say arguing, but you're, you're, you're interested in a higher standard set for the teacher. Uh, and now we're starting to, to kind of touch on a, a standard for the classroom when they're teaching their students, right? Right. And, and how do you, before moving into that, you know, um, I'm kind of just curious on y'all's, and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have the answer right now, but would it be, uh, a higher, you know, do you need to go to a, a master's program or does it need to be a nationwide school for educators, you know, where the military sends everyone to specific schools for each branch of service? Does there need to be a three month, six month program that gets everyone on the same page first before you go off to your respective schools and your school districts? See, and, or is and there a better solution? I, I would love. I would love that if that were the way it is, but I just, I think there, for us, there needs to be, we believe there needs to be a change in what, in what teachers are taught and how they're prepared across the country because so much, and maybe it's different now, but from what I understand and people I've talked to, it's so heavily content driven in your teacher preparedness program versus the teaching skills. You're not getting any practical application. Yes, that's what's missing. Is the and there there is no real opportunity to experience it. And I, for me, we we've always kind of believed that if you were going to try to change the standards of one thing, if you wanted to raise the standards of teachers or raise the standards and help kids get to the the academic standards if you raise the level of teaching, the kids should theoretically be more likely to reach the academic standards. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're, you're saying start with the teacher and everything else will follow, which I don't yes. disagree with, right? If you raise the, if you raise the standards of the teacher, then we, we affect that first. Right? And then the trickle down effect from there would be a higher standard for the students. I mean, because Wilkie didn't didn't Southwest start as a strictly just a teacher's college? Yes, it was it was one of the original teacher's colleges. My university too originally was a teacher's college. But now and but see my thing question is if we're saying this teacher preparedness program and I'm that concept and idea that you're saying of bringing teachers from all over the country together, the way the military brings people together. I mean like I never thought of it in that light, but the moment you said it, it makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. um, to create these programs. But if we were going to do that, the only way that could be effective is if there was a federal standard that said, this is what teaching students at 
K-12 looks like. Yeah, you'd have to man, you, you couldn't just create the school. You'd have to basically say, if you want to be an educator, this is the program you have to enter, correct? Mm -hmm. Same way if you want to be in the military, this is where you have to, this is what you have to do. different branches in that because yeah, there are, say, there are, there are. You're teaching in a rural environment. Mm -hmm. You're teaching in an urban environment. If you, you know, if you're teaching in a private Montessori school versus a public school. If you're you know, teaching elementary, if you're teaching junior high, if you're teaching high school, you know, let's, let's cover the, the unique aspects of teaching those age brackets, the, the, the social impacts. And yeah, I, you know, there's, I, I think there would be something too, as far as uh, regions, you know, if you're teaching, you know, the, the, the demographic uh, of, you know, downtown Houston is going to be different than, you know, rural Wisconsin, you know, Kyle's educational experience might I don't you know I didn't grow up in rural Wisconsin but nothing I nothing I learned in high school or college prepared me for what teaching but, in Houston was but to what Law was saying you know as far as um, you know do you 100% standardize for every region and every age group or do you have to say okay you're gonna be an elementary school teacher you're going to be an elementary school teacher in Flint, Michigan. You know, do we, do we break it down by age? Do, or would you break it down by age? Would you break it down by region that you teach in? Yeah. Once again, I'm, these are just questions I'm, I'm posing and thinking of out loud. Um, not necessarily things that we have to answer right now, but you know, it just, if you want this federal nationwide program, it needs to be flexible because our world constantly changes. Uh, but yeah, you need to set a standard there and you need to look at if that standard needs to change. You know, you've got different standards in the military. You know, y'all, y'all keep addressing the, the military, but as you just said with the different branches, you know, the Navy's going to be different than the Marine Corps. Marine Corps is going to be different than the Air Force. There, there are several commonalities between all of them because we have to function in a joint space together as educators do, because what you don't want to do is have a kid receive from Flint, Michigan, you know, receive such a drastically different edu educational experience from a kid in, say, Cumberland, Wisconsin, right? That when they interact together, say, in college or even in a professional space later on in life, there's such a drastic difference that they can't function together. Is that, is that this? You good? You just blew my mind. You literally just blew my mind because that is where we are mm -hmm. as a country. None of these kids have been taught to function together. Mm -hmm. People have not been taught to function together as and a unit. And do you, so would you change this, the standard itself or do you teach different methods for getting to that standard? You know what I mean? So like they, they I keep using Flint, Michigan and Cumberland, Wisconsin, because they're drastically different areas, right? Very. But you both want them to perform on the same level. So do you have different standards or you want them to both be able to interact? So you keep the standard the same, but then in your teacher education program, you go to that teacher and be like, hey, you're going to be in Flint, Michigan. Through all of our studies and all of our analysis, here's the toolbox you need. Here are the things you need to do to get your student to this level. And then you go over to the teacher that's gonna be in Cumberland, Wisconsin. 
and you you make sure that they've got all the tools they need and they might not be the same right then you've got i mean you and the thing is is that you're always going to have differences but you need to have some sort of commonality there you know um to get kids to the same standard um right so so when you started or when when a marine a, a kid signs up or whoever signs up to be a marine and you go to basic training you're learning how to be a Marine first before you ever get an MOS, right? 100%. That's every branch, every military branch of service. You go through your basic training or officer candidate school. And then from there, you're, you go to your follow-on training. For in the Marine Corps, you go to Marine combat training, uh, but following basic training, following your MCT, your Marine combat training, then you go to your military occupational specialty but yes you learn to function first as a marine did you want to elaborate that in regards to teachers like do you learn to function first as an educator before we teach you the differences of the region and the or age we or we teach you before we teach you math or science or whatever that's so like for me thinking about your you know, saying there were, there was a nationwide program, maybe it's just a one year or a two year. Like if you want to be a teacher, you do this one to two years and then you go out to your university to learn whatever your specialization is or, or whatever that is. But I, I think for me, my education, like as, as a teacher was so front loaded with content, it was so front loaded with history yeah. and sociology and psychology that, the strategies and and that were second were secondary at best mm -hmm. and and for me like i can't i keep coming back to what you said about you know you were saying earlier that like the standards are the baseline so we we would want to have something that like we know that every teacher meets this baseline mm -hmm. And right now, I mean, Will, do you feel like there's, so let me ask you this though, Ben, is there some type of evaluation process in the, in the Marine Corps that if you're not meeting the baseline, they have ways that they can either coach you up, make sure that you're trying to meet it, or if you don't, that they remove you from your environment? Yeah, so I mean, when you're going through, like Law was saying, he's got friends that went through basic training and, uh, and their whatever respective branch they didn't meet the standard yes and and they were removed right. before they could even wear a uniform and put rank on you know um same thing with us however uh even even so when i went to ocs it's it's not a coaching environment like y'all would have in the school but they're they do teach you before they test you and everything you do and sometimes it's super fast tracked and that's part of the testing process to induce stress, right? So in those regards, you might not want to do that to the same extent in a, in a school, right? With like a-, a But we're doing it already. Day. We're doing you're, it already when you take a, a first year teacher with no experience and putting them in an urban environment in a, yeah. in a, with the population of kids they've never even been around. Yeah, like, like now, Kyle. Exactly. Perfect my, my, like, I was shocked when I got to Houston, like, when I first got there and went through new teacher induction at the end, they put us in a room with people that were from our state. And there was like 
fifty people from Wisconsin. Yeah, so we so we didn't get that. You know, but, we, you go through training with a guy from, you know, San Francisco, another dude that was just came from Manhattan, and a guy that lived in the, the middle of nowhere in Montana, and myself that lived on you know, the suburbs around Houston. You know, yeah. all, all different types everywhere. Um, and we we came. It was easier for us to come together because of uh, the environment you're in. You don't really care. You know, we were all in the same uniform. We're all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we would eventually discuss our backgrounds, where we came from, and right. joke around about our own unique experiences. But um, you were talking about the uh, the in in that initial experience. You were talking about. Um, when when you're being tested before you're tested you were using basic training as an example are you coached up yes yes right you don't just you just look at somebody and fail them right away and like if you did land navigation and you failed land navigation you got a shot to try it again there were folks that, that had to try the same and there were multiple just using land navigation as an example there were multiple land navigation courses that you went through i failed one of them i did not get kicked out because of it I had to go to a remediary course. I was retaught and I'm sitting there. I'm like, Oh God, I know all this. Ah, I know all this information. I just, just let me go. And I went back out and I passed it. However, you, I, I did, obviously I failed. So I needed to go through that educational, that re-education, if you will. But, um, without getting too far into the weeds. Yeah. You, you, you teach before you test. That goes for, that should go for the teacher as well. You know, you need to teach the test. The, the you need to teach the teacher before you tested them in a classroom environment. If that was what you were getting at. Yeah, I mean that's totally what I'm getting at too. But to come back to the point I was making about what Will said about how many people are like me, that's a super common, super common thing. So to you, to your point, like, and to Will's point, like. Mm-hmm how could they have ever tested me for that at my university? How could they have ever really prepared me for that in, in the, in the makeup of what a university program. Did you know you were going to Houston? You you individually decided that what brought you, what brought you to Houston? Were you just looking at jobs and you were like, Hey, it was in, in, in 13 months, it was the first job I got offered. Okay. So I went. And so you think it, it might have been in your best interest and in the best interest of your students if you had gone to a, you know, all it was, was it all Dean that you went to first? Yeah. Which, yeah, the viewers and listeners can look up all Dean. It's not the worst place in Houston, but it was definitely drastically different from where you grew up in Wisconsin. Well, uh, and I had, and, and the college that I went to, the majority of kids get jobs in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, or Iowa, because that's where all the kids are from. Yeah. So, so they, think, go ahead. So they don't really prepare you for an urban environment. I mean, some kids might go teach in St. Paul or Minneapolis or Milwaukee or Chicago, but the yeah. majority of the kids that I went to school with tried to get jobs like around their hometowns. Yeah. And so you think you should have gone to a program that would have prepared you for this teaching environment vice yeah. staying home. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I get that, you know, and I think that because you were, you, it sounds like you were, you know, a, one in a million, maybe one in a thousand, one in a hundred You're the people that made the move that you did are very few and far in between from your specific school. So the school itself isn't going to chunk up the funding to do that, you know, for, for one, for one teacher every year. 
you know, or one teacher every semester, right? So right. that's one I know, justification for a national program might make more sense. Yeah. You know, I think as you were sitting here talking and I was just thinking about this whole, the basic training, and then you said officer candidate school, there's a certain set of requirements for officer candidate school. Yeah, like it's higher. Than... In, you have to come in with something first. Mm-hmm. And so I think about like, we look at the, the school systems, not individual schools. See, in the United States, we look at individual schools. In other countries, they look at the school system as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because one failing school means the entire system is broken. You know, and so we've seen, it's, 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 if you can look at Singapore, you know, from the 1960s to current, Singapore used to be, they, they were living in little aluminum, you know, corrugated steel huts, you know, all along inside. And now it's one of the meccas for, for not only just retail, but for education, for, for uh, commerce. Yeah. There's so much happening there. And it's all because they reshaped and redesigned their education system to make sure that the village kid got just as much education as the city kid. To make sure that the teacher that went into the village had the exact same qualifications, albeit a different environment, but had the exact same basic qualifications set to a national standard and a premise to what it's going to, what, the, what we expect the outcomes to be. And so when you look at Finland, arguably, sitting at the top for, for longer than most other countries at the top of the OECD standard, which tests schools. And I love the way they test them because they test them based on 15 year old students. So it says, if you've been in this country and you've been in this educational system at 15, you're around ninth to 10th grade, you know, so if you're around 10th grade, you should have learned really, I tell everybody, everything you need to know for education, you learn by the time you're in eighth grade. By the time you leave middle school, you should know everything that you need to know that'll propel you through everything else is just icing on the cake, preparing you for your next level, mm-hmm. in my view. And so what they've said is Finland is number one, but what does Finland do? Finland takes their students, their teachers, and say, you want to be a teacher? We're going to treat you just like if you want to be a doctor. So go finish your undergrad, get your specialization. Once you're done there, now you have to apply for education school. Mm-hmm. So before you can even go into the classroom, you must complete your bachelor's and now you must go get your teacher certification. And that's in a a specific school that's going to prepare you to go out and teach. Okay. So you're saying, you're saying get that knowledge first before you have the teaching experience. Just like I'm going to have to meet certain standards. I got to be able to pass the PFT before I show up. You got to know how to shoot a rifle before you get out there and start wanting to go to war. Yeah. Well, they, they took us through that. They took us through that training. But I, I do, I understand what you're saying. There are standards you have to meet first. So, you know, which is a little bit in contrast, Kyle, to what you were saying. You were saying potentially the, the teacher training program first and to, to try and weed out potential educators and then all that undergrad knowledge and then your bachelor's degree in mathematics or political science or whatever the case may be, where law is saying, get that knowledge up front and then go to your teacher training program, correct? I, 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 but I like it though that it's sep- like I like the idea of it being separate. Okay. Whether well, you, you where, where do you do you? And I'm, and I'm not trying to like set your feet in concrete here, but where you were saying, 
before teacher training program first. But yes, separate, right? Because the because the skills unique to a to a teacher are are different than, than them learning, you know, all the knowledge in regards to their political science degree or engineering or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know, somebody might go to to an undergrad program and get a degree in chemistry and then go, you know, I could go, you know, work at ExxonMobil. Maybe I want to be a teacher. Right? Um, so do they get all that knowledge first and then their teacher certification, like Law was saying, or do you want to focus on the teacher training first as a potential weeding out process and then you go get all your knowledge? Or do you think you might have people gain interest in education as they go through their college program? I think the answer to all those is yes. I mean, but for me, for, for me, like looking at it, this is what I imagine and what I wish it would be. I wish when I was learning all of the content, I wasn't learning it just to say I learned it. I wish I would have been learning it with the lens of saying, okay, this is how I would then teach this. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't, it wasn't taught to me because I was taking the same history classes that a general history major was taking. Yeah. There was no, there was no differentiation between history education classes and history. I get so what you're, I get I, so, what you're saying. So I'm doing the same thing that a history major is. And for whatever reason, whatever it would be, I, I just wish that I would have, and maybe separating them is wrong. And, and, and we obviously don't have the right answer, but to, to somehow have a better perspective when learning content of saying, okay, you're learning this content with the knowledge that you're going to teach it to someone else. Mm -hmm. And, and I was thinking, and it brings what you were just saying too, like the Marine Corps has a specific purpose that everyone knows, right? There is one goal that the Marine Corps has, right? Mm -hmm. What is the Marine? Do you know the Marine Corps mission? It's varied in, in time and space, depending on the climate nationally, you know, globally, but you know, if we, we, we haven't done it for a while, but we used to like to ask teachers, what's the end game of the American educational system? Mm -hmm. Oh, but, but to go back to your, to your question on the goal of the Marine Corps, yeah, it's the defense of our national interests, essentially, right? To just simplify it as much as possible. It's the defense, the protection, the preservation of our national interests, right? So I don't know if that helps with where you're going next. It, I mean, it, it does, at least that's a direction. But when, um, when you ask a teacher what the end game is, we've never met someone that knew the answer. And I think it's so hard and that's another challenge. And maybe that's a totally different conversation. We're a totally different topic, but as we're sitting here talking about training teachers, like how do you train teachers to live up to a standard mm -hmm. when there isn't a clear end game? Yeah. So you, you need that, that mission statement for teachers and to go back to what, to what, you know, I was kind of, hitting you with a question and you know, you, you kept kind of not drilling into, but you were, 
you kind of kept hammering on the the idea of I want to learn this information, but I want to learn it with the intent of teaching. Then you start trying to break down and isolate, you know, classes even more, and it might be be too much of a breakdown of classes to facilitate for a college. You know what I mean? Like here's your poly science, you know, 1000 level class. And here's your poly science, 1000 level class for teachers. And here's your poly science, 2000 level class. Here's your poly science, 2000 level class for teachers, you know, going back to the teacher education program and your actual undergrad information and knowledge, you know, does one have to precede the other? Are you completely, if you go through that teacher education program and you're like, you know, this isn't for me, I'm going to go get my undergrad and I'm going to go about my life and do something different. You know, that's fine. But what if you go through your undergrad and you didn't take those educator specific classes and you decide, I think I want to be a teacher, but we've potentially eliminated another teacher because I know if that were me, I wouldn't want to go through four more years of college doing the same classes in an educator specific program. So is the option, would the option be available to, um, go through that teacher education program, that six month, that one year program pre or post undergrad, you know, not, not, not necessarily a question that has to have an answer right now, but you know, a potential option to uh, still have that, that standard for teachers and that, that education and testing program for teachers without potentially unnecessarily weeding out new, new educators. You know, um, there's a lot happens in those four years in college. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about what you want to do, you know, um, but yeah, to, to what you ended with there, the, uh, the end goal, you know, yeah. And every military branch, your, our goal is to, for the army, the Navy, the air force, the Marine Corps, the coast guard. Um, the, the goal is the defense of our national interests, you know, um, and it doesn't necessarily always mean warfare, right? Um, but we have a goal. We have an objective and we have something that kind of from, from the, the four-star general all the way to the PFC, it's our guiding light. And you're saying that teachers don't have that. So what's, what's the goal for teachers nationwide? Is it teach your kids so that they can get into a college? Is it teach your kids so that they can get a job? Is it teach your kids so that they can function in society? Teach your kids so that they can start a family? What's the goal? And it varies. I just pulled up uh, an article written in 2019 by Molly Snyder, and she asked the question, what is the end game for education? And she said, I can't hear you, but I'm pretty confident that most, most of you mentioned to get a good job. Because ultimately, that's what we've heard our entire life. But education is so much more than a good job. Because I know people who were I mean, my, my great-grandfather only went to the third grade, but he was able to get a good job. I know people who didn't finish high school who were immigrants coming into the country who landed a good job. So what is the true real, I think before you establish the end game of education, you have to establish a standard for education in order to know, because education is really, in my mind, to keep, to teach you to keep learning. That is the objective. Because once you stop learning, you stop growing. Once you stop growing, you start dying. 
you know, I loved watching shows. I was just watching a show, uh, I love Mountain Men. And I heard him say, you know, I've been doing this homesteading for 30 years, but I still love the idea of someone coming in teaching me something new. What's up, y'all? Thank you for checking out this episode, part one of a two-part interview with Ben Scoggin, our good friend. Um, And we hope that, you know, he changes your perspective a little bit. He just, just talking with him really helped us clarify because man did he ask some pointed questions and really gave us something to think about outside of the norm of of you know kind of almost the echo chamber that we can get ourselves into as as educators so uh part two is going to come out next week uh and we hope that you'll check back in for that uh as we're signing off here please take the time to subscribe uh, share with teachers you know follow us on social media at it's kyle krieger at its.will.law.iii and you can find us on Instagram as at value as value or head over to the ledproject.com to see all of the projects we're working on through our nonprofit Lighthouse Educator Moment. So hope you have a great week. We'll talk soon.